I am thrilled to announce that An Actor Despairs is partnering with a wonderful CBD company called Kind Farms. Everyone out there has heard of CBD. I started taking it a few years ago when I first started getting sober and to help with my anxiety. Sadly, as one can do, I was overtraining in the gym, and a friend recommended a topical and a tincture to help with the pain. I tried it. It was okay. However, recently, I was introduced to a product that has really changed my life. Not only has it helped me with anxiety, but I am stronger than I have ever been. I'm able to carry out lifts my body used to prevent me from doing. Kind Farm products have single-handedly changed my life athletically and personally. They utilize 100% local licensed farmers, organic cultivation, and CO2 extraction for superior CBD. Kind Farms is turning CBD to a kind alternative to pharmaceuticals. Let's transform tobacco row into hemp row. If you want to get involved, please reach out. Together, we can make a difference. You can use my code RYAN10 for 10% off. You can find them on Instagram at Kind Farms Inc. All one word. That's K I N D P H A R M S I N C. And their website is kindfarmsinc.com. Once again, my code for 10% off is Ryan10. And now, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Today, my guest is one of my best friends and the best DJs I know, DJ McCassie. I met DJ McCassie many, many years ago in New York City through a mutual friend, and we became lifelong friends. I went to visit him in Antwerp, and let me tell you, he is one of the biggest DJs in Belgium. He's so talented, and he let me live with him for a month. We have so much history together, and I have such respect for what he does as a musician, a producer, and a DJ. Here's the episode. DJ McCassie, welcome to An Actor Spares. How you doing, brother? What up, what up, what up? So glad to be here. Live yeah. and direct New York City. Yeah, man. You know, you're one of my closest homies. You've done a lot for me, man. And I love you. And it, welcome to New York, brother. It's Thank good to have you, you here. Thank you. Thank you. Feels yeah. good, man. Well, you know, man, you're one of the best DJs and, and musicians, I would say, that I know, man. And you curate such an awesome sound in Belgium and worldwide. And uh, I'm kind of curious to start from the beginning. So did you grow up in Antwerp? Or? Uh, I grew up in Antwerp, uh, pretty much all my roots are there. My my father is from uh, the Congo. Okay, uh, but we were born and raised in Antwerp, so yeah. Um, but I like to consider myself as like a man of the world. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like to. I'm easily like a blend-in guy. I can blend in everywhere. Yeah, you're great at that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the same thing I'm doing with my music. I try to blend all these different genres into in, into like, yeah, the sound I'm creating. So. Um, and talk to me about growing up there. Were, you, were your parents artists, or what? What did they do? Uh, my father was a professional football player. Okay. My mom was soccer for soccer. the American. <laughs> exactly soccer. Yeah. My mom was doing um, gymnastics in school. Wow. Um, so actually, no particular music background. Yeah. My sister, my oldest sister, she um, does a lot of things for like she basically runs like L'Oreal in 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 Belgium. Yeah. And then my other sister is um, is an actor. Yeah. Actress. So yeah, all like 
totally different path yeah but we like we each create our own path and that's the cool thing you know did you grow up playing any kind of instruments or nothing I wow hated, like my mom forced me to do instruments and i said no no i don't wanna i don't wanna i don't know why it's just like <laughs> i started out at skateboarding yeah then, yeah you're a great <laughs> skateboarder <laughs> we had some times in the south of france exactly. you shredded exactly. on a mini pipe man <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> so we did skateboarding yeah. um break dancing and dancing and oh then so you did dance I, yeah yeah, so, you so I pretty much came from the hip hop culture. Yeah, yeah, and then afterwards, um, actually, a friend of mine. We, we went to school, um, and during the lunch break, we went to the city, and this friend of mine wanted to check out these DJ uh, stores. Yeah, and I don't know why, but I was like, "Whoa, this is so cool!" I was so fascinated by it. Yeah, and I wanted to know more. And my oldest sister, of course, I was only like I don't know, like twelve, uh, thirteen, thirteen. Um, my oldest sister. She was going out a lot. She knew a couple of DJs. She said, you know what? Why don't you try it first before you buy it? Because yeah. it was so expensive. It's still expensive. Yeah, it's crazy. And it was even more expensive. And then I remember I put my first touch on the vinyl because back then it was yeah. vinyl. It was so magical. Like, whoa, you can, you have so much power in your hands. Yeah, it's like a physical the, manifestation of exactly, music. Yeah, exactly. So from that moment on, I knew. That was like, boom, I want to be a DJ. Can you remember what some of the first records you had were? Yeah, the the cheaper ones. <laughs> <laughs> I was, yeah, I didn't have any money. I didn't work. I was too young. Yeah. Um, so I would go to these vinyl record stores and buy literally like the one dollar. Oh, um, the discounted ones. Exactly. Yeah. Just to practice. Yeah. It took me about a year or two years before I even went out and started DJing at parties. Wow. And what's it like growing up in Belgium? Is like American culture have a big influence oh, there? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, now a bit less maybe, okay. but back then it was everything that was popular in the US, we wanted to be part of it. Totally. And of course, like the whole music scene, this is back in 2004, 2005, the whole music scene was dominated by Americans. Yeah. I mean, it still is, but back then even more, you know, like the hip hop scene, the house scene even. Um, so everything, yeah, whenever there was a new record out, we had to get it as fast as possible. And there was even a store called USA Import, like wow. getting all the imports from Does the Does it US. still exist? Um, it still exists, but it's not as big anymore. Yeah, record stores are exactly. dead. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Damn. Yeah. So then talk to me, what was your first DJ gig like? My first paid DJ gig? <laughs> oh, no, you owe the free. Yeah, like oh, the very yeah. first one. Well, actually, my first DJ gig was a paid uh, DJ gig. Um, it was very embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> talk to me so about it. So I came with all these records, uh, the discount records, like the $1 record that nobody wanted to buy. I played at a birthday party from a girl that went that was 16 or 18 i don't remember yeah but um his her brother he knew my sister and he was like you know what i'm giving him a chance he thought like hey cool i got a free like almost a free dj i got like 25 or 30 bucks maybe uh so i came there with all my records very proud and i would play the music nobody would dance and then the birthday girl would say like hey could you put this cd on and that was rich girl from um, uh, Gwen Stefani no way <laughs> and then everybody started dancing yeah. and then afterwards I would put my music back on and everybody would leave the dance floor again I was like what's wrong, <laughs> what's <laughs> wrong? they just wanted the hits <laughs> they just wanted the hits yeah but yeah so that was my first experience um, yeah and then from then on on I just wanted to play everywhere yeah 
um, as I got like a little bit more money, um, I went to uh, England a lot because my sister was um, doing um, studies in East 15 acting school. Okay. So we would go there a couple of times a year. To like London proper? Or sorry? To, to London? Or to London, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then um, my sugar auntie, every time I would go there, I would go to the record store and then we would buy, and thanks to my sugar auntie, we would buy a lot of records. Wow. Like the popular ones. Oh, nice. <laughs> the Gwen so, Stefani's. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, I was up the problem was I, I was a DJ nobody actually knew me yeah I got some chances here and there but I wanted to play more so I started out with my buddy Vincent who you also met um, the uh, to throw parties myself the good thing was we were popular guys at school so it was just like handing out flyers the whole school would come and the friends would come so the parties were insane like there was a big row like yeah. everybody wanted to get in and that's pretty much how I made my name, like throwing these parties. In the beginning, I would do like the warm up or uh, the cool down. Yeah. But after like a year, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna put myself there as the main, the main act. Totally. And I would book all the other DJs I booked were guys I was looking up to. Yeah. But I was putting myself in the middle, you know. Nice. And yeah. Exactly. So of course they were like it's his own party, but then again I delivered. <laughs> so as I delivered, the crowd was not uh, getting nuts and that I made myself like an actual DJ. Yeah. And from there on on I started playing everywhere. So then talk to me like when you were throwing these parties, you know, now we live in the social media world exactly. where it's so easy to advertise. How were you getting the word out about oh, these wow. parties? That's the fun thing. And I know it will never be the same as back then, but we would go, we would, you know, you have like these big flyers posters we would hop in a car every night and that was a war like in Antwerp probably was everywhere it was a war like you put your flyers up with the glue yeah um, get out of the car it was illegal like put, put the glue <laughs> on back in the car and then the next uh, day or even two days after there was another party like putting posters over our party so no like, way Fuck, we gotta do it again so that was like the war between like all these party like events like putting the flyer up because you all you want to have the good spot yeah like, totally where you know like now it's clear channel and all these you have clear channel right yeah now, yeah but yeah so now they're dominating of course like all the best spots but back in the days you just put your poster up on anything you could see and um, that's pretty much how we do it like of course like flying on the on the streets um, those are the good old days yeah <laughs> I bet is it true back in the day that like to get your buddies in the club you would bring them have them carry the milk crates oh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. So I would get like like one or two guest list spots yeah but then if I had carriers they could get in for free as well so they were lining up like yo I'll be your second carrier I'll be your third carrier. So That's awesome. we would go in with all these. Yeah, I mean those no crates. The crates yeah. are like super heavy. You know, you gotta imagine it's like a couple of kilos. Yeah, that you're getting into and uh, the fun thing is I mean now it's fun but back then I had to do everything by transportation open transportation wow because I was only 16 yeah you didn't have a car yet <laughs> if I, had, I was lucky I had like one or two buddies that had, had and Uber had did not exist <laughs> Uber did not exist and one or two guys that had a car but they couldn't drive for me all the time so yeah it was fun like if you think of it now we did like the long tragic uh, the long run of getting it you know now it's just like buying USB getting a software and you're a DJ Totally. Yeah. So talk to me. I mean, like, you kind of earned your stripes the real way. You mm -hmm. had to play vinyl. You learned about vinyl. As you saw records declining and MP3s kind of becoming the new norm, mm -hmm. how did you adapt? In the beginning, I remember, like, like the guys I was looking up to, they kind of resisted. Yeah. So I... And also, are those guys still around? 
Well, not all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I understand them. You know, I think I think it's the same thing. Uh, photographers have yeah. the biggest frustration because back then you had to get like all the gear and everything was expensive and get yeah. the lenses this and that. Now you just buy an iPhone, you can, and they put like a filter on it, and they and you can make it look amazing. Look, my picture is yeah. much cooler. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it must be so frustrating. And it's the same with DJing. It's the same with music. You just download your music for free or getting like an MP3 pool or whatever like even like they're even like big DJs that download YouTube stream music yeah and they just get it off of like a sketchy website and have like a bad MP3 but they still play it wow. so I mean it's super easy now you know yeah and talk to me I'm curious so was EDM kind of like a part of that you know because I know it's a cliche everyone in Europe associates like dance music was that a part of your repertoire or not really so I started doing I wanted to specialize in R&B because R&B got the chicks in and then you know yeah. the more chicks you got of course the happier the promoter was so you know that was my strategy but I know for myself I wanted to do different things and I started to play up-tempo music more and I was playing that music in the hip-hop clubs got it and the problem was um, they didn't always like it because it was weird and back then there was like a house room and an urban room and the urban room was always smaller and the house room was the main room yeah and I wanted to play in the main room of course <laughs> <laughs> so I started experimenting this and that but I was really making a ma name of myself as a R&B DJ yeah and I was pretty much one of the bigger guys being an R&B DJ urban DJ and then I got um, an opportunity of a guy that throws like the best parties in Antwerp and all of Belgium. So like, hey, I want you part of my DJ squad. Um, like a manager or? Not really manager, but like he was doing all these parties. He had like six DJs that were doing like a rotation. Okay. And he said like, I want you part of this thing, but I had to start all the way on the bottom. So again, opening hours, closing hours, yeah. the long hours, like the shitty hours. But other DJs were with that guy for like six years and we're still like the number three or four and after like half year I was like the number one <laughs> wow no yeah. way yeah. and then as you kind of got you know you and I are the same age as MySpace started entering how did that change the way you kind of advertised for yourself and promoted and got the word out about your parties was that a big catalyst in helping you get a bigger audience I mean MySpace was it was big and I mean, it's it's so far in my head that I can't really know what exactly we did with it. But um, it was cool that, you know, you could add friends that were big celebrities. Yeah. And people would be amazed, like, whoa, these guys are your friends, but still, I don't know. Like, it didn't, yeah, 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 yeah. But there was another site in, in Belgium called Netlock. It's kind of like the Facebook before Facebook. Got it. And that's where we really uh, promoted the parties. Wow. I mean, we were, I think, one of the first guys that were doing, like, the promotion on the streets and then the Netlock promotion. And that's actually thanks to my buddy Vincent, because I was all about street, street, street. And he realized we got to do it through the internet That, that well. was the future? Exactly, yeah. No way. So then, you know, I've had a lot of actors on my show, mm -hmm. and as an actor... You got to get an agent, and then you got to audition, and then you got to book something, and then you kind of build there. As a DJ, mm -hmm. how do you build momentum? Mm, I think you got to, no, I know you got to create your own luck. Yeah. So this guy that brought me in, in the, like, the rotation thing, um, he had, like, one guy, and he was working with that guy for, like, I don't know, like, six, seven, eight years or ten years. He was yeah. 
basically family. But he did a bad move. He was the the, the manager was super pissed, and he t he asked me like, "Yo, I want to be your manager." But I came from I was like a young guy still, and I was having everything under control myself. And he said like, "I want this much of a percentage, all the way or nothing." I was like, "No, not all the way. Like, let's do like, let's see how it goes. Yeah, all the way or nothing." So um, eventually, I said like, "Okay, let's try it." Yeah. Um, and from there on on, actually, my DJ career started. Wow. Um, like, that guy is now, like, one of the top five uh, managers in the world. Are you still with him? No, I'm, oh. I'm not with him. Because yeah. um, after me, he went to Demia Mike. Okay. To Vegas, like, Mike, he did Lost Frequencies. He's doing Lost Frequencies. Um, we're still, like, buddies. Uh, I played at his wedding, wow. like, his uh, sister's wedding. Um yeah, we're still buddies, and whenever you can help me, you will definitely help me out. But yeah. like he's like everybody's trying to get him as a manager, and I'm only lucky to call him like um, to, that. I can say, yeah, we started working in the beginning. Wow. He uh, took his own route. I took my own route. I'm doing good. He's doing super good. Yeah. Um, and we're still friends. Yeah. So that's amazing. So then, how did you start breaking out of Antwerp into you know the greater Europe scene? Um. So. One time I got, so I got, basically I had everything on lock in Antwerp, definitely in Belgium. Then I got like an opportunity in Valencia, in Spain, yeah, to play at a festival. That was my first festival outside of Belgium. I did my thing, I was super tired, only had like two hours sleep. I came there, I, I rocked the whole crowd, and then there was this Indian guy saying like, yo, I'm going to work with you, I'm going to bring you to India. I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So two, three months later, I got a call, yeah, you're, uh, we got you a whole tour in India. I was like, what? India? Oh my God, this is insane. No way. You know? So I went to India, um, all the shows we did, so much fun. And then he said, like, there's maybe one more show that I can put you on. It's going to be very last minute. But if I can pull this off, this is like the biggest show uh, in South of Asia. Wow. And it's called Sunburn. And back then it was still like super big. Now it's still big, but that was like the the biggest thing in India because you had nothing else. Yeah. Now you have Supersonic and all these other festivals. So, okay. Out of nowhere, he called me like, yo, I got some good news for you. Uh, you're playing on the main stage, and before that, you're playing on a different stage, so you're playing two times at the biggest festival in the world, so uh, in uh, in India. So I was like, wow, this is crazy. So I was playing before Dimi and Mike. Wow. I absolutely rocked it, and from there on on, I did like... Um, 10 or 20 more tours yeah. like the following two years I think and then from there because he was working with a Mexican guy I got to play in Mexico a lot and then from Mexico um, I got to play in Taiwan and then from there on it kind of became global for exactly, you exactly yeah wow once you're in that pool of promoters yeah. like on the same level it's it's like a close community. Yeah. And are these are these nightclubs or festivals or a mixture of both? Both. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And and I'm curious as a DJ, you know, you know like a band they write songs mm -hmm. and they play them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how do you figure out what makes for a good mix or what makes for a good mash or how to curate a room? You know, like that, you know, I'm sure you've been to a venue where the, the DJ's just <laughs> playing the worst music and you're yeah. like, so how do you know, you know, to adapt accordingly, especially like globally as you're mm -hmm. as you're going to Mexico, as you're going to India, I'm sure the music they like is different than what someone in Antwerp might like, it's you know. True. Um well, you kind of ask your buddies from 
the country itself. Like, tell me like the top five songs. Yeah. So I can be unexpected as a foreigner DJ, and then you just do your research. You go to the pools from MP3 pools from countries that where you're playing, or you ask around. Um, or you try to go like a little bit before so you can hear the vibe, see what it is. Um, and yeah, you start curating those playlists as you as you play. Wow. <laughs> and then when did you start getting into writing and producing? That was a bit later. Um, my act, like Nick, the other guy, yeah. the other manager, he was always forcing me to uh, start making my own music. I did a little bit. I was lazy. I, I thought like, It's you know, tedious, I'm, yeah. I'm a DJ. I'm not really a producer. I want to go out. Uh, I don't want to sit in my uh, behind my computer the whole time. Yeah. Um, but it's super important. And the cool thing is it's actually really fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you um, you expand your, like, everything, like your friends, your 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 your, your music knowledge. Um, yeah. And when did I actually really start it? I mean, I think, like, three years ago. And then really intensively, like, the last two years. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think now we have, like, two or three tracks out in four or five months. Wow. And they're only coming. They're, there's they're just going to keep flowing. Exactly. Yeah. No way. That's yeah. amazing. And we man. got like super, like we got support from Marshmallow, from Don Diablo, from Dimpty Vegas, and like Mike from Wolfpack, like all the big guys. So that's really cool. That's amazing, yeah. man. And then when did uh, what's it called Tomorrow World start happening for you? Because that 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 is now the biggest festival in the world, isn't it? Or it's still considered the best festival. I don't think it's the biggest. Probably not. Yeah. It's still. I mean, like you can compare Tomorrowland with. You can go to any theme park or you can go to Disneyland. Got it. You know? So Tomorrowland is the Disneyland of, ah. of, of uh, festivals. And that came up as... 2012, I did my first gig there. Um, That's when we met, I think. Like No, we met in like 2010. 2010? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been like 10 years now. Ah, <laughs> crazy. 2010. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. So yeah, pre-Tomorrowland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I did my first gig there. That was so much fun. And then... Ever since 2012, I can't say it, I'm I'm a resident, but I've been playing there every year. Yeah, so they even tried expanding it to America for a couple of years. They right? did it two years or three years, two years in I'm, Atlanta. I, oh yeah, yeah, they did it three years. I was there two times out of three. Um, they went to Brazil. That they did two times, I think. I don't know exactly what went wrong, but yeah. I think they had to work with um, guys from America, and I don't know, maybe the logistics didn't yeah. really work out. Not sure, and they had a lot of lo uh, bad luck the last time in Atlanta because there was like a flood. Oh, I remember uh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a nightmare. So that was their last. I don't know, but I think I, I heard like uh, a bird, little bird told me like they're doing something really big now. Yeah. So um, I don't know exactly what it is, but I think like Tomorrowland style, it will be like. Super oh, nice, man. Exciting. Yeah. To be continued. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. So then I'm curious also to ask you, you know, as MP3s and as technology got better and better, everyone just kind of started becoming a DJ. Yeah. And you had already earned your stripes at this point. Mm -hmm. How do you survive in like, you know, I want to say social media culture where someone with a lot of followers yeah. and has no fucking idea <laughs> about vinyl, yeah, <laughs> just gets up there because they have a million. Like, what, what were your thoughts on that, that? That's the thing. Like, you can be mad about it all day long, but it will not change. Um, how I think about it, like, it's like learn and adapt and, and just go with it, you know? Like, yeah. I have, there are some new guys and they didn't all, they didn't do all the struggles that I had to went through, go through. 
um, they have so much more followers. They don't know exactly what they're doing. Like yeah. they're not creating a story with the music, but they're getting booked more than me. Um, wow. And yeah, that's how it goes. Um, the the good thing is like I earned my stripes with uh, a couple of promoters, and I'm still that crazy guy because I would go, I would do crazy stuff. I mean, you'd see me like yeah. I would scratch with my nose, I would hold it like a guitar, and like do some weird different. And you're good things. at talking to the audience and, too. Uh, and yeah. I'm an MC. Yeah. So I'm like the full package. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're an entertainer, bro. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm an entertainer. Yeah. But of course, like they're younger guys than me. I mean, it's the same in, as an actor. Like yeah. you get older, you get pushed into different roles. Um, it's just how the cookie crumbles. Yeah. And you have to adapt and stay relevant. And then how did you start crossing over to America? Was that like a conversation you had with that manager? No. Like you wanted to play here? Actually, America was before, um, before uh, Nick. I mean, maybe during, but like, I was dealing everything with Morgan. <laughs> really? Much. Yeah. No way. Like Morgan introduced me. Like he introduced me to you. Yeah, that's how we met. To actually the nightlife of of New York. Wow. So yeah. Morgan Miller, shout Morgan out. Miller, shout out to. <laughs> I haven't seen Miller. that guy in it forever, <laughs> man. That's amazing. Yeah. And how would you say the the American versus the Belgian and overall European scene is different, or is it is it pretty much very similar? I think America is all about following yeah <laughs> it's, it's it's america is america you know it's all about being popular and 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 what you're doing and like who you're hanging with and not so much about the music i mean there are really good djs out there out here um but i think it's more like you have to create yourself as um a famous guy yeah or how do you say that yeah yeah totally yeah um and I think in Europe you get more chances because it's a smaller country. Yeah. Um, to really make it out there with your music. And ev let's say if you are booked at you know two or three venues a night, mm -hmm. do you play the same set or do you rotate the set? No. So what I do is I didn't do that before, but now what I do is like I put in a folder like the music I really want to play, mm. and then oh this would go go with this, and then blah blah blah, and then I would have like sixty tracks in there, or like sometimes twenty, sometimes a hundred. Um, I would go to this spot, and then they would play like something totally different than I imagined, and then yeah, I don't even open that folder. I just start freestyling, you know. Wow. But the good thing is like you always come prepared. Yeah. And with the experience I have, I can do pretty much whatever. Wow. Yeah. And so who were your, some, some of your big influences, you know, now or even mm -hmm. when you were younger? Well, now still. Actually, yeah, there are Americans. DJ AM. Yeah, DJ AM. Yeah. Rest in peace. The exactly. best. Yeah, exactly. I loved his. I have so many of his mixes. <laughs> yeah. Like, his mixes are insane. Like, yeah. Whenever I talk with an American DJ about AM, like, it's, it's like the biggest god yeah. for all of these. The people DJs. who know, know AM was the exactly. man. Exactly. Yeah. He, 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 um, he got A-Track, like, doing different things. He got Steve Aoki on the map. He got so many artists that are now like the biggest stars in the world in the world yeah he probably helped them somehow some way totally you know? um so am is a big influence still um dj vice he's from here from la um then yeah the the guys from from europe um of course Demi and mike yeah uh, because of what they did and how they did it and and yeah they're doing a good job <laughs> um who else who else who else kaku from taiwan um i mean there's so many djs yeah. out there 
Can, well, can, how about this? Can you talk to me a little bit about your process now that you're writing more? You know, like, is, is it start with a collaboration with an artist, with a pop singer, or is it, it kind of... It all starts with an idea. Yeah. So you... <laughs> it's funny, actually. Like, you open the f uh, you open the software, you start making music. You say, like, okay, today I'm going to make, let's say, like, a house track. So you put in, like, all the house sounds in there, like, the house tempo, and then, like, mm, this would be cool if you slow it down a little bit. Yeah. And then it, it becomes a Mumbaton track. And then, like, wow, this is so cool. This voice could really fit in the track. So you call up your buddy, like, hey, can you sing on it? And then you start working together. And then, like, hmm, the bass isn't that good or the kick isn't that hard enough. Ooh, but I know a good guy for this so yeah. let me call him up and then that's how you like like you start with an idea and all of a sudden you have like uh, four five six people working on on your track and then it starts yeah that's that's a, that's the collaboration and i'm curious to ask you speaking of writing you know what what were your thoughts on like the rise of someone like girl talk who is taking other people's music and blending it or kind of mixing it and then calling it his own what was that something that what do you mean sorry uh do you remember girl talk no what he was that? like a big dj who oh, took okay. a lot of like american pop songs and then uh -huh. he would like change the tempo or he would like mix another pop song with another uh -huh. kind of like the way Jay-Z and Linkin Park did that thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he, it got into a lot of uh, copyright issues because he was calling it as his own uh -huh. and selling it, but the royalties were owned to the artist. Uh -huh. So I'm curious to talk to you. At what point do you feel like, you know, when you are playing, let's say Gwen Stefani, for example, yeah. but you're changing it up, it becomes yours and less of hers? Or do you think... See, that's, that's the problem. Like, I'm a DJ and then making music is also fun. Yeah. But that is not the fun part. <laughs> and that's when you have to say, like, yo, I made this track. You hand it over to the label, and they have to sort everything out. Like Got it. They're take, picking up the phones, getting the contracts and the royalties and this and that, blah, blah, blah. That is, like, the... Um, that is, that's not being creative. That's just... That's, like, the business side of the whole music business. Yeah. Yeah. And what keeps you inspired, you know, like when you're doing like four or five gigs a night, I'm sure, mm -hmm. you know, being out till five in the morning, you're exhausted. How do you, how, <laughs> stamina wise, how do you keep up with it? What really keeps me inspired is like the people jumping and having fun because of course, like everybody has their problems, but they come in a club or a festival, they forget everything. And yeah. if, if you can see a smile and then waving their hands up and that, that's what really inspires me to go on and put that little bit of energy that's still in me like out there. Um... Other than that, what inspires me, actually, like going abroad. Like now, I'm 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 in America. Yeah, I went out a lot with Joey Griner. Shout yeah, out. yeah. Um, the nightlife here, like how you can, like I'm always working somehow, some way. You know? Yeah. Um, in a couple of weeks, no, actually two weeks, I gotta go to. Uh, I got a big tour in Asia. Amazing. Um, so probably there, I will be hanging around in clubs, see what they're playing. Uh, getting inspired by the locals actually like just the sounds on the street like street observing artists, observing wow and that's how i create things and f for the young you know look yeah. artists out there the the guys that are like the Mc uh -huh. young mccassey that are are fascinated by going into a dj store mm -hmm. and see the equipment what what advice would you give them now uh for equipment or, or, ju just, or like just like for starting anyone out. starting out yeah okay so in the beginning i would say and that's actually a funny story um, yeah, just keep following your dreams. Yeah. And then I was in Amsterdam. I said in dance event a couple of years ago. And then this Indian guy came up to me. But yeah, everybody says, keep following your dreams. That's why I'm here. But still, nothing is happening for me. You know, it's not working for me. So I was like, okay, try this. Um, try to create opportunities. Yeah. Uh, as I look at my story, I was a good DJ. 
but then I started throwing parties, so I had some power to talk to DJs. You know, like yeah. every like some some people want to give you a favor, but in the end, you have to you got to be a strong. Like, why do people want to work with you? Yeah, and I think it's the same as an actor, same as uh, a, a musician, same as anything. Um, some people will work with you because you have connections. Some people will work with you because you're talented. Some people work with you because you have money. There's always like a um, a backstory behind people why they want to work with you. Yeah, and let's hope in our cases because we're talented. Um, and create your own chance because, like, I wasn't playing anywhere. I threw, I threw my own parties. Uh, the promoters saw I could draw a lot of people to a club, so yeah. they started pro- uh, booking me, and I was doing a good job, so I could always return. And that's the same thing that is happening everywhere in the world where I'm playing. Yeah, I got given a chance, and I deliver. I hand out the best show that I can give. Uh, I try to do something different. And that's why they always book me again and again and again. Yeah. Because um, you're a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> of course, don't yeah. be an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> that also helps. Um, so it's like creating your own chance. Um, make sure you get like one chance and nail it. Nail it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's December right now. We're coming up on a new year. What are some goals for you in the new year? Oh, Anything wow. you can talk about that's in the pipeline? Um, uh, releasing a lot more tracks, of course. Good one. Um, what I'm focusing on right now is like two more club tracks and two radio tracks. Awesome. What else? Um, killing it, of course. <laughs> <laughs> what you're doing? <laughs> what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. And then, of course, traveling more, like hanging out with my buddies. You know, yeah. like my goals when I was 10 years before I, I like when I was 20. I'm sorry. Uh, my goals was to travel the world with my friends, meet new friends, uh, and and create awesome memories. Yeah. And that's basically what I'm doing now but yeah. that's what I want to continue and you will because you're <laughs> such an excellent you and I went to the south of France and served together it's like exactly. one of the best memories of my life man. yeah yeah exactly yeah I came I should I tell the viewers that yeah. I was going through a breakup and I was traveling Europe for a bit uh-huh. and you were like come stay exactly. on my couch for a week and I spent a month <laughs> oh, <staying. shit. laughs> it was like the furniture oh god <laughs> but we had some awesome times oh dude some of the best memories of yeah. my life Antwerp you know it, it goes to show you I think what you're saying about traveling uh-huh. is that the key to you know obviously like obviously when people think of Europe you think of the big things like Paris and Amsterdam and I didn't know much about Antwerp but like I fell so <laughs> madly in love with that city because of you you it's know cool, right? it's amazing yeah. I, I would honestly buy a place there and live there <laughs> part time the year you should that yeah. was fun that's a lot of fun well, so what's it been like being a student of the world and to get those opportunities to see different cultures and you know like 10 years ago I really wanted to uh, make it in New York, make it in LA, but it's so expensive here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as I travel the world, I was like, you know, everything is cool and all. Like the beach in in Asia is is like awesome, and the city in in in, in America is awesome. But I always like to come back to Antwerp yeah. because I don't know, it's home, it's cozy, it's a village, but we act like we're like the big city. Oh but it's yeah, still a village. Um, you have like awesome bars, cozy restaurants, uh, amazing. Amazing stuff. Everything. Yeah. It's close by. You can do everything by bike. You, know, you have your friends there. So, yeah, I always like, I, I like 
going away from Antwerp, yeah. but I always like to return. And as so well. you think you'll always keep Antwerp as home? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Amazing, man. Definitely. And so for everyone listening, what's a good way for people to stay in touch with you? Uh, of course, Instagram. Instagram forward slash DJ McCarthy. And actually, yeah, that's the, pretty much the best way. And that's D-J-M-A-K-A-S-I? That's it. All right. That's it. And then in my website, but yeah, who cares about website? Oh, drop it. Like, <laughs> it's DJ But like, honestly, like on Instagram, I'm very active on Instagram. Like, if you want to reach out to me, just like hit me up, um, talk to me about whatever, invite me to your city, uh, and and be, let's be friends. <laughs> yeah, amazing. DJ McCassie, I got so much love for you, man, and thank, thank you, you so much for coming by. Awesome. Thank All you right. so much for inviting me. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> to be continued, brother. Definitely. <laughs> If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.